see all of you, and when I say all of you, I mean all of you. There's not one of you that I'm not really glad to see. I've, I don't, it it kind of came and went really fast, uh, but we, a couple of weeks ago, was our, we'd been here for two years, uh, which it seems a lot longer than that. I'm just kidding. It, it's gone back quick, very quick. And what's helpful is uh, every, all my preacher friends will tell me that they, they love their church, except there's this one guy. Y'all must have run him off a long time ago, because I don't have him. I don't have the person who's writing me letters saying, you shouldn't have mentioned King David in this way. You know, I don't have that guy or that lady, and it's just been fantastic. Uh, there's not a one of you that I don't like. Uh, now, some of you are visiting for the first time. We have uh, a large crowd today. 212 is the, um, the number, but I, you never know because some of you kids are really hard at, are really good at hiding your heads. But our official number is 212. Last week, we were over 200. I'm, just, I'm so glad that you are here and that most of you that are here are here and have the ability to come back and join us next week. And uh, next week... I'm going to try not to scare you off from uh, enjoying next week. But next week we start a new sermon series. And trust me, it's going to be great. Uh, Trust me. It's Leviticus. Four weeks, just four weeks. Four weeks in Leviticus. That's all we're doing. But it's, trust me. Now, here's what you got to think is, how is Benjamin going to make Leviticus interesting? I don't know, but it's going to be great. I promise. Please, you're, that's what you got to be curious. You got to be curious as how in the world Leviticus is going to be fun. It will be fun. It'll be fantastic, and you will leave here uh, loving and God and loving people better than you did when you came in. So hopefully, that's um, actually I know it's going to be fantastic. Uh, I've worked hard on it. Please come hear the Leviticus sermon. I've spent more time in Leviticus than four weeks, so you got to come hear the fruit of this digging through that book. It was fantastic, and you, you're going to enjoy it. But today, we finish our uh, sermon series on Psalm 23. Psalm 23 is the most well-known psalm. It's a psalm of comfort, but it's also, also a psalm of, of uh, confidence in the fact that God is who He says He is, that God will do what He says He will do, that God is a, a competent shepherd. That he is a competent leader and he will lead us where we need to go. And so we'll, we'll pick up at the last part of Psalm 23, but let's get a running start. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. David was who he was. He was the, the, the king who followed God, who didn't kill his enemies whenever his enemy was right there in the cave going to the bathroom. It's true, it's just in the Bible. Saul walks into a cave to go to the bathroom. 
and David's in there in the darkness. And all the guys are like, kill him. And everybody, and David says, no, he's going to the bathroom. That's uncomfortable. Like even guys who really want to murder another guy, wait. But David here is saying, say, and actually what he says is, no, no, that's God's anointed. I am not going, he has the self-control. Now he doesn't always have self-control, but he always has repentance. He always comes back to the Lord. And the reason he always comes back to the Lord is he knows what's going to happen. He knows the end game. His whole life revolves around the fact that surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And in the end, I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. I will be in God's house, in God's protection, in God's rule, in God's kingdom for the rest of my existence. And God will reign and he will will protect me but it doesn't just begin at eternity. Not always. When I was a kid, that was always strange to me. They would say, "They would say we got to get baptized so that you, uh, well, when you die, you will go to heaven." I said, "All right, well, I, I'll do that, um, and then when I die, I'll go to heaven." But until then, what? And they're like, "Well, you just sort of just don't don't mess it up." Don't, don't do anything to really get in God's crosshairs. Don't let him take you out. Ask for forgiveness every day. And they would say, well, what, what if you're about to get hit by a train and you swear and it hits you and you die with an unforgiven sin? Okay, if God's that legalistic, then probably going to just have to count me out, right? If a train's coming at you and you... Don't say something, the worst thing that you've ever said. You're just a saint anyway. He probably would have taken you off to heaven already in a chariot of fire. It's just the rule. So there are times we say the things we aren't supposed to say. There are times we do the things we aren't supposed to do. But they would say, well, just wait until the end. But, but David says, surely, absolutely, I am certain of it, that goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. Now, we say goodness and mercy, and sometimes we think, oh, well, a really pleasant life where I get to skip through fields and hold hands with my friends, and we get to have fantastic... Someone will invent Chick-fil-A, and then there will be... There's just this fantastic stuff that happens, and life is going to be golden and good, but goodness and mercy aren't just, like, things going well... Goodness means beauty or love or the, the word here for, that is translated goodness is just like this word that like means something that's just in its essence is beautiful. And mercy was the word that they valued most, chesed. Well, it's not the word they valued most. They valued shalom and chesed. One, those words were like these, these beautiful words that, it, that represented so much more than just one word can represent. So we have words like that where we have the word where we, we say the one word, but there's this variety of, of existences within that word. Love. Peace. Salsa. 
We have these big words. These big words that exist. And we say, well, you can't just say the word and then it, it explain everything. But for them, chesed and tov is the other word for, for goodness. For them, those words were these big words that housed a lot of meaning. And they weren't about riches. And they weren't about, about getting, being healthy all the time. But they were about God's existence and God's favor on us. And David says, surely those things are going to follow me all of my days. So you may lose your job. But if you lose your job, it's in the presence of God's goodness and mercy. If you, if you get sick, it's in the presence of God's goodness and mercy. God, is, God values you enough to redeem you. And we focus on all of our decisions should be focused on the fact that God has redeemed us beyond death. That He has conquered death for us. And that when we die, we don't... Stay dead. And we will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. When I was, a, when I was in college, there was uh, an occasion where uh, some friends and I were going to go to see a movie at this new movie theater in Little Rock um, called, uh, I think it's still called The Rave. Is it still called that? All right. It just went up when I was at Harding. And so uh, we were going to go see this movie, um, and, uh, and my friend said, well, you need, to, you need to print out some directions, because when I was in college, that's how you operated. You went on MapQuest, you put in the thing. And I said, I've been there before. I lived in, college, I lived in Little Rock for a summer. I, I, I know how to get there. I, I know how to get there. And every time she said, have you printed out the directions? I was like, I told you, I know how to get there. She said, well, j- just print out directions. That's how she sounded. Just print out directions. And so I, I went to MapQuest, and typically what I would do is I would just print out, the, it would give you this big picture and just show the line on the street you were supposed to take. Well, I zoomed that sucker out to like world view, so there's just two little dots and a little tiny line between them. Printed that out and took it with me. I was like, here's your directions. I know the way. But MapQuest was difficult. The reason I only got the page was because uh, the first 80 directions were just getting out of your neighborhood. Do y'all remember that? Where it would be like, turn left out of your driveway. Yes. Thank you. And it was just getting these little tiny turns. Get me, I know how to get to the interstate. Just take it from there. I know how to get to Little Rock. Just tell me how to get there when I get there. But see, all directions are based on where you are going. The problem is, and we all understand that when we're going somewhere... The problem is, in our life, the way we function often is that we, we determine where we're going based on which turns we make. Instead of determining the turns to make based on where we're going. So what gets us in a bind is we'll make, we'll make seven or eight wrong turns and we'll just define our goals by that. I am where I am. But see, the way David lived, and I think the way Jesus lived, and the way Paul lived, is they saw a goal, and they made their decisions based on that goal. And the goal wasn't success as far as the world understands success. The goal wasn't to, to, be, to be famous or to be rich or to be talented. 
The goal was to dwell in the house of the Lord forever. For David, it was to dwell in the house of the Lord forever. For Paul, it was to dwell in the house of the Lord forever. For Jesus, it was for everyone, everywhere, to dwell in the house of the Lord forever. David and Paul accomplished their goals, and Jesus took care of business. He did what he needed to do to make all of us be able to dwell in the house of the Lord forever. If you are a Christian, that is your final destination, to dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Now, there's some of you kids out there, maybe you're like 12, 13 and under, and you're thinking, well, what fun does that sound like? He hasn't mentioned a water slide once. Because we try to kind of spice heaven up a little bit, right? There's even these Christian songs. It's like, there's a big, big yard for me to play football. Where in the Bible does it talk about that? It's everything I want. There's water slides and big yards and playgrounds and fondue everywhere. Caramel apples and salt. What? There's just like this. We make this list of stuff and we say, well, this is going to be what heaven's going to be like. And as you're a kid, sometimes, like, the idea of heaven is, well, is it like this, but just a lot longer? No, it's not. Because in this, this is just us getting together to worship the God we've been worshiping all week. But in heaven, there's this existence where there is no pain and no suffering, no hunger. The problem with me and the problem with you probably is that heaven hasn't sounded that great because you don't know pain and you don't know hunger and you don't know illness and you don't know poverty. We think what we've got going is pretty good. But when you dwell in the house of the Lord forever, what you're doing is you're dwelling in a place where the people in South Africa and the people in Rwanda and the people in India and the people all over the world in Kazakhstan aren't being uh, treated like they're less than what they deserve. That God is taking care of all of us. There aren't just some who have a lot and a lot who don't have much. In the kingdom of God, in the house of God, all sit at the table and all drink and all cups overflow. For us, we're looking forward to a day whenever we don't have to, we don't have to say that some people are less and some people are more. That some people have less and some people have more and some people eat less and some people eat more and some people have clean water and some people don't. There won't be war, there won't be strife, there won't be pain, there won't be suffering, there won't be cancer, there won't be heart disease, there won't be diabetes. Just come. There won't be church announcements. Sorry, Mike. There won't be anything to announce. Everything's fantastic. You and your wife won't get in fights on the way to church. You and your husband... Won't get in my same thing. Now the problem is, is whenever we see that as a goal, and we see, well, what do you do in the meantime? Well, here's a question for you: Will your children 
will our children, when they dwell in the house of the Lord forever, will they experience culture shock? Are our houses so much different from the house of the Lord that our children are going to be confused as to how to operate when they get there? Sermon was fun until he said that. Because there will, no, there will be no more shouting. There will be no more arguing about who does what. We will work together. There will be no selfish ambition. There will be no more, I've got to get my way. It will be beautiful. Now, your marriage, your house, your home isn't going to look like that all the time. Don't use that as an excuse to not improve. But there's going to come a day when it does look like that. You will dwell in that goodness and mercy will rule. It will reign. And God will be in control. Here's the thing what Jesus said is so important is that they will know you are Christian by the way you love each other, by the way your community exists with one another. That's how they'll know. You notice Jesus didn't say, they'll know you're a Christian by the way you understand the Bible. They'll know you're a Christian by the, by the way you vote. They'll know you're a Christian by how well you tuck in your shirt on Sunday morning. They'll know you're a Christian by what school you go to. They'll know you're a Christian by the color of your skin. They will know that you're a Christian by, no, 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 by, by how you love each other. How we operate as a community of a bunch of different people. Different backgrounds, different incomes, different race, different interests, different sins, a bunch of different people operating together as one. If we love our, each other like that, God says that's the house of the Lord right there. They will know that that's the house of the Lord by the way you love each other. That's how they'll know. See, in the house of the Lord, there will be people who live different lives than you. In the house of the Lord, there will be people who have different races than you. There will be people with different incomes. There will be people with different, from different countries. There will not be a flag in the house of the Lord. And if, and if there is, it won't have stars and stripes. There will not be a one group of people, but there will be, as Revelation says, there will be many people from many nations, from every tongue and creed and background. They will all be there, and they will be worshiping the Lord. That's what we're looking forward to. We are looking forward to the most unified and diversified worship in the world.
the most unified and diversified kingdom to ever exist. God's love for all people will be manifested in that kingdom, in His house. And we will dwell in that house forever. See, you got to start making turns based on the fact that you are heading to a place. You've got to start making decisions based on the fact that you're going to turn right and you're going to turn left. But when you turn right and you turn left, you, your goal is this place. I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. That house, the more, the closer you get to it, the more you go, travel along this road, the more you live this story, that house will start looking similar to your house. Maybe not at first, but slowly it will. That house, the, the more we do church together, the more we get together and do things like the great giveaway and um, meet and have Bible studies and worship and uh, small groups and all the things that, that you can participate in here and that you can serve in here, the more we do that, the more our house is going to look like the house of the Lord. And people are going to look at it and say, they're not going to say we're perfect. They're going to say God is present. That's all we ask. We definitely don't want people thinking we're perfect because that is, that's going to fall through quick. We're not. We're not perfect people. We're not a perfect church. There's a lot of people, a lot of you are new to this place. And you love it. And you should. But we're going to fail you at some point. I'm going to say something in a sermon that you're not going to like. I'm going to be wrong about something, and I will have to admit it. But it's going to be a week in between when I said it and when I admit it. It's just how the thing works. We're going to do a program that you don't like. The Bible class isn't going to go exactly how you hoped it would. Someone's going to see you at Walmart that you go to church with and you know you go to church with them and they don't know you. It's all going to happen. We're going to fail you. Our goal is not to be perfect. Our goal is to make God be present. And if God is present, then goodness and mercy will follow us all the days of our lives. And what we've got in our mind, what we've got in our, in our scope, off in the distance, we know that we will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. We praise that God. We follow that map. And we live that life. So you, may your house look more and more like the house of the Lord. May this house, may your home look more and more like the house of the Lord. But you know the trick to that? If you want to start, start on that journey, you're going to have to recognize that the place you're standing is not perfection. The place you're standing isn't having it all together. So give up the task of making sure everybody else has it all together and just live your Christian life. You follow Jesus. And let that win and direct you and guide you. Let that rule you. Here's 
what's going to happen for the rest of the day. Um, we're going to stand up and sing in just a second. And during that time, if you want to know for a fact, if you want your life to be on a destination where you know for sure that you are dwelling in the house of the Lord forever, and I don't think that's as shaky as a, as a bargain as we've often sold it as. You come, you commit to Jesus, you're united with Him in baptism. I think that's a goal that you can set your mind on and be confident of. The Holy Spirit is with you. He will guide you. He will help you. He will live with you. You could say she. I, don't, I, I just say he. I'm sorry. In the Bible, the Holy Spirit is a female gender name. I'm sorry. It's just the way it is. I'll apologize for that tomorrow, next week. But you... The Holy Spirit will guide you. It will be with you. Yeah, that's better. It will be with you. And you can be confident in your salvation. If you want to start that journey, that trip, that, that, that process today, then we're going to stand and sing. You come on. If you want to join this church, if you want to say, hey, well, we, we, want to, we, want to, we want you to know that you can put us to work. That's really what joining a church is. Today's the day. Before, before we do that, I do want to um, recognize uh, Larry and uh, Leslie Griffin. Uh, if y'all want to stand up, they, they've, um, they've told me today that there is, they, are, they are joining our church, which we're very thankful for. Y'all are going to have a seat. Well, and and all, all that is, is they've been, they've been with us for a couple months now, right? Just working alongside us. They're just going to keep doing what they're doing. They just want everyone to know that they're on board. We're so thankful for that. Um, and also now they have to give us our, their cell phone number. <laughs> and they can play on our golf course. But there's, there's, all sorts of, there's all sorts of things that you can do. After this, uh, this is our third Sunday, so we do the mission collection. We don't do two co- collections every Sunday. We do, we're going to take up another collection. If you gave the first time and you're a visitor, we're very thankful for that. We are not obligated to squat the second time. You weren't obligated the first time. We give free communion here. But we're going to pass the plates, and um, this is for our mission. This is stuff we do around here. This is stuff we do. Uh, we support people. Uh, this is to help fund that. It's a separate account. That's, that's a way you can commit to the work of this, of the house of the Lord, what we're doing. After we get done, we're all going to meander in there. And I'm not sure about the food situation, but I am positive we're going to work. No food. Go to Subway, get your own food, and come back. Unless you brought enough for everybody. I, no, I did not. I didn't bring anything. Um, we're going to work. The reason we're working, if you, if you don't know anything about the Great Giveaway, if this is your first time with us, the Great Giveaway is a, the biggest garage sale in the county, I think, and everything's free. <laughs> Everything is free. People walk in, they have sex, they put stuff in sex, they walk out, they take it home. We try to show people grace with shirts. This is how grace works. You come in, you take it home, you didn't have to do anything. Wow, you do got to get baptized. Yeah. Have you ever, remember being baptized? You didn't do squat. 
You sat there and said yes and went back. It's not like we make you climb a mountain. Grace is this free thing that happens that he has offered us and that we accept. We're showing people the grace of God that he's shown us with, with everything in us. We're just by giving people the stuff. Isn't, those of you who have donated, isn't it amazing how much stuff you acquire over the year? And you think, I didn't. this still has a tag on it. It's a fantastic thing. You can work with us here tonight, today. If you've got other plans, Cowboys game. There's a. Uh, there, I'm sorry. I'm from working Texas long enough that gets in your head. Uh, y'all, aren't, y'all's game is over. Y'all's game was yesterday, wasn't it? That's the important game. Uh, if you've got other plans, show up Saturday. We need. We'll need all the help we can get. Last year, we had so much help on the great giveaway that, that we had just people standing outside. We need people standing outside talking to the people who are coming to get things. We need as many people as we can have here serving the people of this community. It, it's just going to, mainly just because it's a beautiful thing. It's a wonderful thing. That'll, that'll start at 8. The line starts, I would guess... Probably 5.30 would be the first, the first person in line get, will get here at 5.30. They're already lined up. It's fantastic. Just unbelievable. There's all sorts of opportunities to work, to put your family in, in decide, we're going we're gonna to work. We're going to start, start doing things around here. Our family is going to start looking like the house of the Lord before we get to the house of the Lord. So many things to commit yourself to. Here's, and here's the beauty of it, and I'll end with this. You, can make, you, commit, you don't have to commit yourself to all of it. Like sometimes we get, we get guilty, we feel guilty because I'm, I'm not doing enough. If you're doing something, you're doing enough. We need, you to do, we need you to do something. And you will find that that benefits you and your family more than you can possibly imagine. We are so thankful for you. We are so thankful for what you make this house be. If you want to join us, you want to join this whole Jesus movement, or if you just need to change, if you've been making left and right turns just based on your own hopes and your own desires, and you want to start making your turns based on the fact that you've got a home and that you will... Dwell in the house of the Lord forever. You want to change, make a change? We call that repentance. You want to do that today? Please come forward. Come forward while we stand and sing.